the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome, everybody, to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The Boston Celtics are still 500, still the eight seed, still behind the Knicks. We suffered some tough losses to the Pelicans and Mavs this week. But in the wins that we got against the Rockets and Hornets, I thought we looked pretty good. Um, we didn't have the most amazing week, but I feel encouraged by the last few games. Uh, first things first, as always, uh, we got to break down the best and worst takeaways from this week. So, James, you can run it through first. What was, uh, what was your best thing from the week? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Fournier, you know, after like a historically bad debut, like I'm talking like maybe top 10 worst debuts of all time, like not even just Celtics history. Um, he's he's been lighting it up. I think he's made like 11 straight threes or something like that um, in the last two games. So he's finally found his footing. I think he's be uh, we, we always thought he was going to be a great piece um, for us as, as like a score bench score secondary playmaker. I think he's starting like to finally show signs that we need to see to justify that you know this trade was worth it the on the low end of things i just feel like we totally could have had we both had the pelicans and the mavs game and it's kind of the story all year where it's like these five point losses these seven point losses they just add up to the point where we're kind of staring the ac you know straight in the eye i don't know if that's a place that we're gonna get out of um so i feel like that's got to be it is that we're just 500. We're continuing to be 500 and we have not woken up yet to the to standard of which that we think this team can play. No, I agree. I agree completely. I, it was hard to think of a worse for this week, but the best I agree is Fournier uh, finding his shot because I mean, Oh, for 10 to start and then 10 straight threes. It's, it's, it's quite a turnaround. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was worried there for Mental a second. Toughness. That we were, I was where we were, we were cursed for a second. Like this is just going to yeah. happen to everyone that comes here. Um, my worst for the week, obviously those, those two losses were, were really tough and I'll give Kemba credit this week that he came up big in some of those moments, but Kemba continues to just like be a liability, like for stretches or like everyone just switches on to him on defense. Um, and uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to watch, but he, he didn't play bad as, as bad as he's been playing uh, in other contests. So I'll give him a break this week. I think was good. Like the Pelicans and the Mavs games went the same way that a lot of games have gone in a really frustrating way. We were down 16 with four minutes left in the Pelicans game, and we cut it to three with 30 seconds. Like it's this, it's this great storming comeback that's just always too little, too late. Yeah, it was like deja vu because I think this the exact thing happened the first time we played the Pelicans or the last time at least. And I totally thought in this one, like in the last game, it was miraculous that we even came back. This was a more understandable comeback that I feel like we should have had. If I'm being honest, you know, Zion Ingram just kind of starting to slow down late in that game. We had to capitalize on keeping Zion to 50% shooting. We kept him to probably his, his lowest uh, percent shooting night of the entire year. Um, we keep Ingram to 7 to 17. I think that's huge. Uh, it's it's all about keeping the stars contained. And if guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker are going to you know light us up for 17 points, then we're just going to have to live with that. But it kind of in I think we had to start thinking of our problems in terms of playoff basketball because you know the playing games are actually like I think like May like 10th or something, I don't know, something like it's just like six weeks away. And if we can just neutralize the best two guys on their team, I feel confident in us kind of going up in a playoff standpoint 
um, against a lot of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so from that point, it wasn't totally disappointing, but man, I, I think I think we both agree like this and the Mavs was just a total kick in the nuts because uh, yep. we're trying to ride this wave of these new acquisitions and we're just still falling short. I thought that in that game, Pritchard and Cornette gave us like good minutes in their spurts. Yep. And, you know, Rob had a decent game. We didn't have Jalen Brown that night. So there was some things going against us, but it just point Zion was crazy. Zion is so like, he's becoming the free everyone was talking about. And again, I, I like him more now that he's not like the overblown media hyped guy. Like he's just like going out there and trucking people. It's, it's fun to watch, but against us, it was definitely very annoying that Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson just had their way with us. Um, and yeah. I mean, Ingram, like just like got the exact shot that he wanted and hit it to, to bury us at the end there. Um, put the flames out on that comeback we had going. That was, that was tough. Um, it's interesting being back at the garden with fans. You, you can hear them a little bit. And like, I think that it does help the players out for stretches. Like for sure. And, and I think that this game, like opening the doors of TD garden so that people can watch Zion is like, it's kind of fitting. I'm just going to say it though. This Pelicans team, in my opinion, is like the worst coach team in the entire league. Um, and at, there's not one person who will watch the Pelicans and not be jumping out of their seats saying, just give the ball to Zion. For some reason, Ingram, he does hit the big shot. You're right. But for some reason, Ingram continues to think that this is his team, that he's like the guy, he's going to be the franchise guy. When in reality, if they had to make a trade tomorrow, Ingram is getting shipped out to Sacramento or something. So it's kind of weird. They're like, they're giving him the ball more. The point Zion is more of a thing, but why not fully commit at this point? You're trying to fight for this play on like, you know, this play in game. I feel like, I don't know what Stan Van Gundy is really doing. It's took him a while to kind of figure out his point guards, you know, situation. And I guess shipping off JJ Redick and then just having Zion be the guy is, is the answer that's so blatantly obvious. Yeah, I, 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 did, I didn't think at this point in his career Zion would be capable of being a guard and like running up the floor like this. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's like, it's like when you give the ball to Derrick Henry every down. Like eventually, you guys just like <laughs> give the ball to your best guy and let him run yeah. through people. Um, but that totally. game and the Mavericks game both were were like more of the same in the season. Like I've been saying, we, in the Mavericks game we're down 17 to start the fourth, and with 16 seconds left, it's a two point game. So again, it's like fighting clawing right till the end and then just falling just short um this we, missed rob, we missed rob williams bad in it. yeah luca yeah luca's luca games are so frustrating just because luca is so good and it always just seems that like he just can put us away at the end at least last this year i mean it's yeah. hard um but yeah no rob williams that night and it, it was like obvious that we needed him badly mo uh Wagner, Cornette, and grant all combined for seven minutes and those were our only or sorry, seven rebounds and those were the bigs that got all of our minutes so huge hole in our team when rob didn't play still no tristan thompson well yeah i mean tristan thompson at this point is a complete afterthought but rob will i mean let's touch upon that and we can talk about more in the rockets and hornets games how, how much of a dominant force he was and how good of a passer he is but I just think that you're right. This is like a total Rob Will, like, like we're calling out to him. Where are you? We need you. Uh, to me, it reminds me a lot of the Drew Bledsoe thing with Tom in the sense that like our friends, a lot of people were upset saying that Tice leaving was going to make us worse and that he was a worse player and what, whatnot. Sometimes like you got to have a better quote unquote better player get out of the way to have somebody thrive. And I feel like that's what's happening with Rob Will to the point that we're looking at this Mavs game and we're just like, yeah, we kind of uh, can't win without him because 
his like 13 and, and nine is more impactful than Tice ever was. And people will look at like Drew Bledsoe and say like, the guy is the number one pick. He's, he's, uh, he's amazing. What are you talking about? How could we be better without this guy? That doesn't make any sense. No, it's because who gets the opportunity? And guess yeah. what? Let me tell you something. The same things that happened to Payne Pritchard when Kemba gets shipped out of town or bought out. It's the same deal. You could say, like, it's ridiculous that how could we be better without Kemba? How could we be better without Daniel Tice? It's just who steps up. And you saw in this game who deserved more shots. He was absent. It was Pritchard getting 16 measly minutes. And it was the absence of Rob Will. Yeah. Um, Kemba still looks like a psychopath every game. And he's just, like, laughing and clapping after every mistake. I think he's, he's going <laughs> He's going nuts. Yeah, it's like the there. Joker. He's just, he's he's insane. Uh, Pritchard, Pritchard, I've seen a lot from this year, and I think the trade deadline we were a little hasty with talking about all the names that were getting thrown out there. And I, I agree with something on the broadcast last night against the Hornets, where people were throwing out like Romeo's name and Pritchard's name at the trade deadline. But like guys and Naismith, guys that just like haven't been able to play, like we don't know what kind of player they're going to be. And Pritchard has only shown us like strong things. Like I think he's added more of a role this year than any of us expected. So I, I'd like to commit to a guy like him and keep him around for as long as we can because he keeps getting better. Um, I'm, I've been happy with him. But, yeah, the, the, the Mavericks game, I wish we could have had some more fight in the first three and a half quarters than we did at the, at the last couple minutes. Yeah, we got to come out strong. But before we move on to the next game, can we agree that this, the fix was in? This was a terribly officiated game. At one point, I think, like, uh, at one point, like, we, we get the ball. Like, so, you know, some of the Mavs knocks out of bounds, and they just, like, we're like trying to inbounds the ball and like the refs are just like, Oh wait, hold up. Like, actually you don't get the ball. Uh, actually we changed our minds. And Brad's like, what the hell? Like we're already inbounding the ball. Uh, half the players on the other side of the court. What are you talking about? And the, the rest are like, oh, no, we actually just, we just changed our minds. It's insane how much of like, uh, I swear these guys have a complex. Like they have like some superiority complex. Am I crazy? Am I trying to make a headline on nothing? No, I, I I agree completely. Like that was like a call they missed on Jason Tatum that was pretty egregious. And then like the next possession, they called three seconds on him. Like at like the three last seconds. two minutes of the game, oh a three second call. Like we're trying to meet the quotas for the month here. Like <laughs> in the last minute of a game, so frustrating. Getting a three second call, it's like getting a speeding ticket at the end of a month. Like you know what happens. Yeah. Oh, you you caught me going eight over. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Technically, I, I wasn't supposed to do that. But whatever. The Rockets game, a lot more promising signs. And I, I know that like for a second there, the game looks kind of weird, but I, you know, this is a team we had just have to beat and we beat him. And I think that just this season, it means something. I wish we could play the Rockets every night. It's, 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 it's been amazing. <laughs> every time this year, it's like, it's like our therapy games. Every time they were just so frustrated. It's like, let's play the Rockets and let's just yep. beat the shit out of someone. Um, <laughs> it was fun. Robert Williams, 20 points, career high, nine of nine. Like this guy has like, not even a joke has the potential to have the highest field goal percentage in NBA history. And like, he's getting starting minutes now and he's still shooting just like 70, 80% consistently. Um, I think you buried the lead 20. Yeah. On nine of nine shooting, but nine rebounds, eight assists. Yep. Eight assists. He's getting better at dishing it for sure. Like he, he's got some vision and can make passes better than he could a year ago. A lot of improvement from him. Um, yeah, that was the, the Rockets game was, you know, we, we didn't need Kemba or Smart, anyone else to go off. When Tatum gets 26, Brown gets 22, and Robert Williams doesn't miss a shot, it was enough to bury them. Um, totally. Robert Williams, too, like, you know, you, you're talking about field goal percentage. If he's catching lobs, like, if the lob hits his hands, he's probably going to dunk it. <laughs> it's and in. if the ball gets broken up or whatever, it's not a missed field goal. So he's got, you know, it, it helps him out that he's just, like, catching lobs, and it's 
every single time. One, two, three, four. You're just adding to the to the stat sheet. Rob Will um, could have been a tight end. Th- those hands are soft. He yeah. he he catches everything. Probably one of the best players off the lob right now. And I know that we're being biased because he's on the Celtics, but I think that's great. The only thing that was sad about this game was seeing Avery Bradley like toil on on the Rockets and just about like four years out from him being like this big surprise player, kind of similar to what Pritchard is uh, for us now. And he's just, I mean, he has a good game, but he's just, he's just on this useless team playing a useless role. And that was sad. The Rockets um, are just, just a bad team. Like Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley were like the two guys that were driving the Rockets that night. Um, It was, it was hard to see uh, the Rockets go down like that after, after everything that's happened so far this year. We got some taco minutes at the end as well, which is always just like a treat. The taco minutes, um, it's, it's, it's the sign of, of a job well done. And I don't know. It, it, I, I wish Carson was getting more time in games like this and in games in general, but um, it's hard to complain about a nice blowout win. Yeah, it's it's hard to complain, but, you know, it's it's kind of this bittersweet thing of like, you're right. It's This whole se- like season has just been losing games that we shouldn't have in, in close situations and then getting these kind of empty wins, I'd like to see us beat, you know, more teams, like some more playoff caliber teams in a more consistent fashion. The Hornets was kind of more the same. I would argue that the Hornets, with all the injuries they've had, I mean, how much better are they than, than the Rockets? Just like, it just looks like a bunch of guards kind of being thrown out there. And uh, I, I want to I say before you go in, because I know you said some good things about Kemba, early in this game, like when the, the Hornets go up like nine, I believe, they just went after Kemba. Like, it was just Miles Bridges on Kemba, Devontae Graham on Kemba, Terry Rozier posted on Kemba. They were abusing Kemba in this game. Like, Kemba got just torched. I know it's not going to show up in the stat sheet that he had this, like, monstrosity of a game. But, oh, my gosh, like, he's such a defensive liability. It hurts. It really does. It begins to show more in every game because teams teams know now. Like, like, every, like the whole offense is based around just switching and getting Kemba in there because <laughs> he can't stay in front of a guy. It's, it's really is discouraging. Um, but yeah, the Hornets, again, this is another game where you're like, wow, our offense really moves the ball. Well, they play great team defense. Like we have, we have control of this game, but you look at the other side and there's no LaMelo and there's no Hayward and they've been, they've had a tough break. No Malik um, Monk. Yeah. So we, we were, we were playing like, t- like Terry puts up 20, but he's the only one out there that's, that's like doing anything. So it's a win against a bad team, but that being said, Fournier goes five of nine for 17 points. Rob had 16 and eight. We did play like like suffocating defense. And we like had genuinely good ball movement. When, when Fournier is hitting shots, like Jalen Brown like, like looks hyped out there. Like I'm going to pass to this guy and he's going to make the shot. Like this has not happened this year. Um, so I think that Fournier is fitting in to be a really good piece for sure. Yeah. I can't believe it took us this long to bring this up. Romeo Langford. Can we talk about that? He, he lives. He's actually he, real. He, who I couldn't known? believe it when he checked in. Like I, I thought, I, I don't know. I thought that Danny Ainge had just like lost that first round pick, just like fell out of his pocket, getting out of his car. And yep. he just named some random player that didn't exist that we supposedly got. Cause I had not seen this man play basketball. And I'm going to tell you what 12, like little minutes, but Hey, that block, I believe that was on bridges yep. and his speed. And the fact that he hit his first shot, coming out of the gates which is like his first shot in like three years it's it's you know like i'm not gonna try to get too ahead of myself but he didn't seem like a bum and he seemed like he was at least like an athletic guy an athletic wing 
is this a guy who's just going to get in the way of Pritchard? Is this going to get in the way of other players that we're trying to develop that we haven't given up on, on yet? It's possible. But just to see him play basketball, I mean, he was our first round pick. Like, it just feels good to see that this man exists, that he's not just made out of paper mache. Yeah, that was very encouraging. Um, he he he's like I think known to be a good defender. Like I think we established that in the playoffs that like he, he can play some pretty good defense. And that block was a great example of like come out of twenty years he hasn't played on the field or <laughs> played on the court, and he comes out on the court and he makes a, a nice block at the rim. Like he was at a disadvantage there, and so yeah, I'm really happy with that. And I'm happy to see like another guy that we're gonna get to see play some spurts. Like I'd rather have him playing spurts than you know. Tremont Waters or Aaron Naismith or these guys that are just yeah. disappointing. Um, been talking about him forever. And whether he plays well enough to be a trade piece or plays well enough to be in the rotation, we just have been hoping and expecting that he was going to be something for us. So hopefully he is. When this G League comes back next year, and we have all, we, we're going to have the best G League team. We really yeah. are. Watch like, out for and, the main red claws. And I'm, I know this, this is going to sound like total Celtics fan conspiracy theory bs excuse but i legitimately think the lack of g league for us this year has actually translated in losses like the shuffling around the who who are we playing we, we got 15 guys like what are we going to do having the g league just ascends like four guys down and is establishing some kind of consistency some order so that brad get his head on straight i think it, i don't know I, I just think it would have helped us a lot i think it would have put some like it does establish some kind of order in a crazy season that makes no sense that you're trying to manage your roster. In that kind of sense, uh, you know, Danny Ainge didn't get the easiest year to try to assemble a super team. No, definitely not. Um, and there's also some pretty steep competition in the league as well. So this year, I'm, I'm really happy with the way we've seen this team play. And I think that we can make a move to move up in the standings. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to have to be a much better team than this to, to you know, move past the first couple of rounds. Yeah, well, in the next coming games, I think we actually get a pretty good gauge of where we are because we play Philadelphia and then we yeah. play the Knicks. Um, yeah. Minnesota is a throwaway game, but then Denver and Portland's, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but these are row games that kind of really are identity uh, securing like games for us. So well, it'll yeah. be interesting. A nice mix of like some games that like would be really great to win, some games that like we should win and games that like the Wolves, like we just have to win. Um uh, sure. Before before we get into the upcoming, I want to talk about just like where we sit in the East right now because we're the eight seed, which is not comfortable, and the the four through eight seeds are all a game apart. Like we're all right on top of each other, so it really would just take a win streak to get us ahead to the four seed. Right now, we're one game behind Atlanta, one game behind Miami, half a game behind the Hornets, and tied with the Knicks. So just going through this, we'll start with the Knicks. Do we feel like we're better than the Knicks after this trade deadline and what we see from this team? Oh, with, with no question. Right. Uh, then the, the Knicks, are, well, they've been playing better than us, but from a talent standpoint, and who are you going to bet to get hot going into the playoffs? Who are you going to bet to like kind of put it together? It's a no-brainer. No, I completely agree. The, the Knicks, I mean, they got Derrick Rose now, and he's he's back from from COVID, and they're yeah. playing well. But well, losing Mitchell Robinson, yeah, that's that's big. It is. No, it's true. Um, so then the Hornets, who we just blew out. The Hornets without the guys, and then with Hornets, if they have Lamelo and Gordon, I think without them, we just saw that we're, we're the far better team. But what yeah. about with them? What about if if they have Lamelo and Hayward and Malik Monk um, after this trade deadline and what you've seen this week? Do you feel like we're we're a team that can push past them in the standings? 
I think from a playoff standpoint, totally. You know, th- this team kind of reminds me a lot of like these middle, you know, 2010s Pacers teams where like the Hornets, to be exact, are because they outplay like they're, you know, would you look on the roster? Like you're just like, oh, like, are, are they really going to be competitive? And they've kind of, let, let's, let's all admit it, they, they've exceeded expectations. For like, sure. you know, and this is a team that had the number three pick for a reason. Like they were bad. And all of a sudden, like they were like some kind of decent regular season team that could beat anyone on any given day. With, with the losses, though, it's just not even a debate. With the people that they had before, I still think it would give it to us. I would agree. I think that, you know, LaMelo has had a great year and Hayward is bouncing back. But I think that we're just – I think that this team is built to win. Like despite what's happened this year, I think that we have a roster now that can complement our star players and, you know – before when it was, it was Tice off the bench and it was, you know, you have to mix in Pritchard and whoever you can to get points. Now we have Rob getting big minutes, just getting boards and playing defense. And you have Fournier off the bench. That's going to be supporting us. We have more stretch bigs. I think that we're just built around our stars better, but now we really get into it. Now we're, we're a game behind Miami and Miami knocked us out of the playoffs last year. And I think that they're just a team that's in the same exact mode as last year. We're like, if you get them on a court on a given night, they can give you the business, even if they're not the most talented team. Do you think we're, we're better than Miami right now? Uh, no. And it's, it's, it's only because of matchups. Like, in the same way that if we retain the AC and win our playing game, Philly does not want to see us in the first round. No. Like, they, 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 they have nightmares about the Celtics. Uh, in that same way, we should feel, the, you know, about the Miami Heat. We don't want to face this team. Like, yeah. I think because in... They're like the anti-Celtics, like their pieces actually fit together really well, but they exceed expectations past their, past their, you know, rosters. You're looking at it in a black and white situation. You would think that they, you know, them being like a four seater, even when they're kind of disappointing in the beginning of the year, that that would make more sense. They just play so well together that like, it's just the, it's just the exact kind of team that beats us all the time. Like that just can outplay us out basketball us, out chemistry us. Um, it's way more about matchups than it is about actual talent. Cause I do think we're more talented than them. No, I, I still agree that we're more talented than them, but I am also still having nightmares about Bam Adebayo blocking Jason Tatum. Um, yep. So yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're a team that can just get catch fire and rally and the, their, their mentality and their locker room is great. And that's just definitely a weak point for us that they, they definitely have our number in that sense. I think in yeah. the regular season, I think we're a better team than them, like in, in regular season games, but in the playoff series, um, they've proven that, that they are not to be tested. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you a question before yeah. we move on to like stuff around the league. Who do you think is the best Eastern conference team that we could beat in the playoffs as of right now? I think we could beat the Sixers in a seven game series. I really, so you're going all the way up to number one. All well, I don't, I one. don't know if we could beat the nets or the Bucks. Okay but I think we can beat the Sixers. Really? Because this is what I think. I think that this year's Sixers team with the revenge tour with Embiid, it's, I don't know who we have to match up against Embiid. Whereas Milwaukee, we've kind of shown that we could contain Giannis. And I, in some kind of way, I feel like we have his number. I just think that if they're relying on Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to kind of step up, that that's a series I think goes seven games and that we could win. Brooklyn? We're not, uh, man, on paper, no one's beating that team in the Eastern Conference. 
But Philly, Philly to me is, it is interesting. I, I think that they have this weird mental block with us. I think that we totally go in with a lot of confidence if we do match up against them. And I think that they are afraid to play us. But, dude, Embiid full strength, full health in the playoffs is not something that we're going to be able to uh, contain, unfortunately. So that's, yeah. that's the only thing. That's I, would hate their, I would hate their Celtics curse to be broken this year. Like, if we do match up with the guys, we, we have to beat them. We have to beat them to retain that crown. Absolutely. I just think that we always have had their number, and I think that they bring out the best in us. So that's why I would give us that hope there. But yep. there's one more team, the Hawks. The Hawks got a little better at the deadline, and, uh, you know, yeah. they, 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 they've beaten us a couple times this year, so it's hard to say. I, this, I still think this is my thing. In the regular season, they've been playing better than us. But I think seven games, we definitely beat the Hawks. Uh, the, the Hawks are like, there's this guy that you you play and pick up and he seems to catch you always at your worst moments. Like like when you haven't shot around for like four months and then and you play him like, that's to me like the Hawks. I mean, we our, they caught us at such a bad time that who's to say what those games really even meant. And they have some guys stepping up. I think Gallinari like has been like more of himself. He lit us up. And like, I believe the third game that we played against him. But it's it's a joke. It's a joke to think that we're not better than the Hawks. It's an absolute joke to think that this is in any way a team built for the playoffs. When it comes down to like Trey Young not being able to shoot 50%, like if he shoots anything less than 50%, like I just don't know where the Hawks go. I don't know what their identity is. Not a great defensive team. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm writing them off. I, I don't know if Atlanta is is up in arms about someone saying that, but like I just feel like I'm not being too cocky when I say that this is just a complete nothing season from them. Who, who cares if they if they get the fifth seed or the sixth seed? They traded Rondo away, so that was like you know I, I was confused when they brought that piece in, and now that hopefully will clear up some space for them to get my guys and make more sense. <laughs> yeah, they get the best playoff player ever, Lou Williams. Yep. <laughs> He's he's back home in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, he's not bad. He, he I definitely think he makes more sense for them than Rondo did. Yeah, but he he is probably relative to his skill the worst playoff performer of all time. But anyways, anyways some good news. Let's some, some good, good news, news this week. Some extremely good news this week. The best the best news of the year possibly is that the King yeah. in the Fourth is back oh yeah getting a ten day on the Pelicans. I'm so excited. He's going to play tomorrow night, and I, I I can't wait to watch him. It's been so, so long. I'm curious, what do you think his role on the team is? How do you see him interacting with other players? And do you, from deep in your heart, think that he is going to stick around? I think that they they only have three guards right now because of injuries, Hart and um, I forget the other guy that are, are out. Um, Lamella Ball, or Lonzo Ball, hit like eight threes last night. So I think that he has a solidified place on that team. So I would love for IT to get to come in and take all the shots. But, you know, Zion's running point and they have all these other guards that – I don't necessarily see that, but I hope they give him a chance. Just like give him 20 plus minutes and give him like eight or nine shots and he'll, he'll put up points for you. And I'm hoping that he will just be like a spark plug for them and can, can get them points where they need them. And I'm hopeful that if he is able to just like be one of the better players on the floor, when he's on the floor, then he'll get that contract for the rest of the year. And that'll be a springboard for his role on this team and his role in other teams. Because again, when he came to us, he was coming off the bench and he earned his way to a starting spot. So I think that if he's given the opportunity to be like a, a role, like a player on this team, I think that he will earn that opportunity or he won't. I think it's a test of like, does he still have it? And I'm really excited to see, I'm just excited to see him play. And that I'm so happy he made it back to the league. I think the best argument you can make for it is that 
the high screen system that he ran in, in uh, you know, Boston with Zion, uh, with him playing how good we think we can, he can play, that's pretty much unstoppable. Like you can't step out on, on IT. Zion will destroy you. You can't not step out on IT if he's knocking down shots. And with him rolling to the basket and IT attacking the basket at the same time, it, it's, it's something that I don't know. Am I, I think IT Zion, like, actually fits kind of well. The, the big struggle for them this season was that J.J. Redick wasn't this pick-and-roll partner with, with Zion and that guys like Kira Lewis and Akil Alexander-Walker didn't have that kind of fluidity in the pick-and-roll. So IT is pick-and-roll basketball. Like, he yep. is, like, if there's a guy who, who you want to, like, you know, your kid is in high school basketball and you want to teach him, like, the art of the pick-and-roll, uh, you know, IT is up there in, in NBA players that you would want giving instruction on that. So... Maybe I'm crazy, but I actually think this is a great fit. I think it's probably the best shot he's gone. I think it's a better shot than like the Nuggets was when and they just basically tanked his career by not playing him. Um, I'm excited for you, man. Jeremy Lin's next, I hope. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there, there's some crazy people getting 10 days right now that, you know, that's like the next step up. But it's been definitely some like notables that are, are uh, getting opportunities that do put a smile on my face. I absolutely agree. Um, I think that it's been a long time coming this this comeback for him, and you know a lot of players in the league will bounce around and they'll go to they'll go to uh, you know Europe and they'll go to the G League. So it's not like there's only one path back, but he he's held out for a long time, and I, I don't know what kind of other offers he had, but hopefully he's taking this opportunity because he thinks it's the best thing for him. So yep, all props to that man, all love for that man. Um, so if we look at this next week for the Celtics, the Sixers game is going to be a lot of fun. Um, if we, if, if, it would be big to beat the Sixers, just where we are right now. Coming off this week where yep. trade deadline, two tough losses that were the exact same thing that's been happening all season, two big wins against teams that aren't very good. Now, like, here's the tiebreaker. Let's play the Sixers. Let's play our hearts out. Let's see how Rob does in big minutes against – actually, I guess it, was, it, it beats probably still out. Um, so we got we to gotta come out there and we got we to gotta be play better. I think it beats actually um, – he took last game off. He did have, I think he did play against the Timberwolves. So he should theoretically play against us unless he wants to duck us again. But there's two things in the next week that I think we should take, you know, keep an eye out for. If Embiid plays, Robert Williams versus Embiid is like a good, like it's almost like a pretest for, uh, for Robert Williams. Cause if he could at least slow him down, if he could be physical, if you can make Embiid work for things, especially in his compromised state, that is, just exactly what we need and basically it's the it's the can you be more than Tice test uh and he's gonna have some opportunities like that i think him against philadelphia is a key matchup and then at denver which is next sunday i it's this is a team that i think we look it's kind of like a similar problem they're just not deep they have a lot of you know guys like murray and the new acquisition of aaron gordon uh Jokic is is an mvp candidate if not the, the front runner right now like they have these stars, like we have stars, but it, how do we match up against other playoff teams that lack that depth to, to measure us out, to see if we actually are, you know, shallow at that shallow on the bench compared to these other guys who I think people would say that Denver is a legitimate shot as much as anyone else. I think that's, I think that's a good indicator of like, all right, if our second unit can step up to their second unit, there you go. You know, that that's yeah. a bona fide playoff team. I'm excited to play the Sixers. Um, 
I completely agree that we, we, these tests, we need to be start coming now and it's going to be playing them at home after like, a, you know, a stretch of home games that we're getting comfortable. So I think that we have an opportunity to go out and play them really well. And if we get the confidence to beat the one seed and beat playoff teams, then hopefully that can take us a long way. Yep. Um, so would beating the Knicks just to say like, yup, we beat the Knicks like th- breath of fresh air. <laughs> um, they're like, they're a half a game ahead of, or they're, we're tied with them right now. They're the seventh seed. So a win against them is essential and would go a long way again to just say like, we, we, we know that we're better than the eighth seed. Um, yeah. Timberwolves, totally. Timberwolves is just a game that we, we need to win uh, to, I, I'm hoping it's another Rockets or Hornets game. You can't sleep on any team, but the Hornet, uh, the Timberwolves shouldn't give us any problems. The Nuggets are playing really, really well. Aaron Gordon has been a great addition for them. And that'll probably be our, our toughest game other than the Sixers this next week. Um, but we usually, we usually come out and, and, and play our best against, uh, those guys. I know that we've had a lot of epic battles between like Jokic and Tatum and Brown. Yep. I'm feeling confident. <sighs> Definitely. And we might, we might be playing the Blazers before our next show. We'll see Blazers. I love their, their new five guys. They've got to, to go into this yep. playoff stretch. Um, hopefully we have enough to handle them, but they're a really fun team to watch no matter what happens. Totally. I'm Norman Powell. I mean, like probably the most underrated move in the entire trade deadline. Great two-way player. Portland, I don't know if a team like the Clippers wants to play Portland in the first round. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But that, that's a different topic for a different show. Definitely. Um, so this, this has been, I'd say, I'd say this was a good week. And I'd say that we're looking at this next week of games. Like we were, this team is getting more gelled into each other, these new guys. So this is going to be a big test if these new guys can figure out something that the old guys couldn't. Um, I'm really excited totally. for it. That is going to do it for us this week on Double Take Celtics. You can subscribe on iTunes at Celtics Double Take or go find Double Take on YouTube. For extra credit, follow at the Double Take Show on Instagram. James, you got any last words today? Guys, Bo Sox, swept by the Orioles. We need true warriors out there. We need the real fans to go into Fenway. We got we to gotta take this Boston team, say maybe the Celtics are going to be a little disappointing. New hope, a new hope. Someone, some, one of the Boston teams has to represent. Um, we need to get fans <laughs> back in there and get some life back into these yes, stadiums sir. and these teams. All right, we love it. Go Celtics. We'll see you next week.